Hey, good morning and welcome. It is Thursday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. You know what we do. Legal, lawful, constitutional, biblical tender, physical delivery of gold and silver. Right? You have it. You know where it is. And it never goes to zero. You know what's funny? Gold doesn't go negative either. <laughs> we may we may be learning that rule here pretty quick. The Federal Reserve, the minutes got released yesterday. Today, they're all gathered up. Oh, yeah. They're out there in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. All the bankers, the rich people, all making their plans. Uh, Several of the central bankers have spoken already. And I'll, I'll say this. If this is going to be the trend of the speakers that we've heard so far, It's going to be a rough rest of the week. Uh, The Dow was up hundreds of points this morning, and then Fed governors started talking. Uh, Now uh, the NASDAQ, the S&P are already negative. The Dow hanging in there, you know, up about 20 points. Uh, The yield curve has inverted again. Now there's a lot of speculation on what, what yield curve inversion are we talking about This one is the two-year note and the 10-year note. This is the best indicator as far as a batting average goes of recessions. When the the two-year note yields more than a 10-year note, when we have that inversion... Uh, then, then you, a recession follows. Now, obviously, could it be different this time? Sure. Uh, the The question is: usually, it's got to stay there, you know, for you know uh, several months. Uh, we had it invert. I think it was earlier this week, maybe late last week. It uninverted. It's reinverted again this morning. Uh, we'll have to. Continued to watch. Uh, we, yesterday we talked and speculated a lot about these Federal Reserve minutes. And, of course, I was raising the question, why do we have to wait so long? Now, I need to, I need to correct something. So we have the Federal Reserve minutes, and then we have a Federal Reserve statement. The statement's the one that they changed a couple of words on. And I know I said it was the minutes yesterday that... That was not right. I misspoke. I apologize for that. Uh, but, but again, this is not a, you know, 500-page report here. Now, this is a couple of pages. You know, the, 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 why do we wait three weeks? And, of course, I always speculate that they go in there and change that. Right, and the, the reason they wait three weeks is if they need to add something so they don't appear as wrong as they did during uh, the actual Federal Reserve meeting. But mid-cycle adjustment was the word used in the meeting that ended on July 
31st, right? That was kind of the, the uh, oh, we're taking the insurance rate cut. Right? Mid-cycle adjustment. This is a, a one-off. Everything's fine. Don't really know that we have to do it, but we're going to do it anyway. Type of a rate cut. And really, in, in their minutes, they made a couple of mentions of this mid-cycle adjustment, which actually got the yield curve to invert yesterday. But as uh, uh, people kept reading down the page, uh, we found out that there was a couple of Fed governors who did not have a vote. Remember, they all don't get to vote every meeting. Uh, that wanted a 50 basis point rate cut. Here's what's funny. No one ever said that. Didn't hear that. Was that something they added? I don't know. Maybe. But here's what was also interesting. We hadn't heard about quantitative easing outside of the fact in that meeting at on July the 31st Jay Powell did end the quantitative tightening a month early. That was, he did, right? But said, hey, and by the way, what we're going to do is we're going to sell all the mortgage-backed securities, and and instead of letting them run off, we're going to take that money and buy more treasuries, right? So now the Fed's balance sheet is going to be only U.S. Treasuries, about $3.8 trillion. But then it was, what, about a week or two ago, two at the most, when we talked about how Bank of America said, hey, wait a minute, we're going to need quantitative easing again before the end of the year. And then, of course, this week, J.P. Morgan backed them up. In the minute, Six different times the central bank made reference to asset purchases. That's quantitative easing. Uh, so I don't know if that was added. Again, like I said, Jay Powell did say they were in it. In his little press conference, he never said anything about quantitative easing. I'm going to share with you the rest of the minute and then what the first two Fed governors have said at Jackson Hole this morning. 800-951-0592. And we're talking about the Federal Reserve minutes. And, and here's the thing. Now, after every meeting, we have a press conference. So they have a meeting. It's usually two days. And, and normally, uh, it's it's a Monday, Tuesday, or a Tuesday, Wednesday. And then on the second day, they tell us what they did with interest rates. Well, not even interest rates, right? With the federal funds rate. This last meeting, they lowered it a quarter of a point. Now, think about this for a minute. They're having this meeting. The 10-year note was at the time was like 1.6%. 1.6%. And they lowered rates from 2 and a quarter to 2 and a half to 2 to 2 and a quarter, right? They lowered it a quarter point. 
Let's just make it easy. They went from two and a quarter to two. Ten-year notes already at one six. Now, of course, it's now at one five. What are we doing? Right? What's supposed to happen is that in a good environment, if the Fed's fu- Federal Reserve federal funds rate is 2%, the 10-year should be around 4 to 4 and a quarter. It's at one and a half. And they want to tell you, I hear them every day on TV, tell you, oh, it's great, hey, don't worry, it's fine. Not even close to fine. Why they didn't cut more, I don't know. But here's what was interesting. So he has a press conference, right? And in this press conference that he totally bombed, he talked about, hey, we're entering, ending the taper, right? Remember, they were going to, they were supposed to sell their balance sheet from four point two trillion. They were supposed to get to like two point eight. Right? They made it they didn't make it very far. Right? I mean this is how bad these guys are. They didn't get anywhere, they didn't get anywhere close. About three point eight trillion and they stopped. And now they're gonna spend all of their money buying treasuries. So the whole three point eight trillion will be all in US treasuries, where before it was treasuries and mortgages, of course. Be ready. Won't be long. Be tre- treasuries, mortgages, stocks. It'll be all of them. But let me tell you this: he didn't mention one single thing about quantitative easing, right? About starting quantitative easing again. Not a th- didn't mention it once. It wasn't in their statement. Right? The statement, remember the one they only changed a few words, right? Changed the date. Wasn't in there. Wasn't in his press conference. And now I'm reading these minutes, and I'll share with you a number of participants. And I love that, a number. Why don't we put the number in there? How many are we talking about? Two? Four? Eight? What? How many? Right? Because that would be important. Hey, if one guy brings it up, uh, okay. But hey, you got 16 people in there? Did 10 guys say this? Did 12 guys say this? We don't know. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be nice to know? They commented that many of the potential cost of the committee's asset purchases had failed to materialize. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's real simple. Hey, you know, we 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 studied this, and we had all of our smart guys write all these formulas down, and we made a bunch of assumptions, and all of this when doing this by buying these quote unquote assets. A. B and C were supposed to happen. Now they're saying, hey, guess what? A, B, and C didn't materialize. But it gets better. The Federal Reserve 
might have been able to make use of balance sheet tools even more aggressively over the past decade and providing appropriate levels of accommodation. See, here was the problem. It wasn't that we were wrong. No, that's not it. We were right. Where we messed up is we just didn't buy enough of them. See, that was the problem. What was it that didn't materialize? And this was the the thing that I thought was, was the best part about it. You know what they didn't get? Inflation. That's what they wanted. See, they want things to cost so much more. Could you imagine... If they had actually gotten what they wanted, how much worse off? It's already hard enough to stay in the middle class. <laughs> you know, pay no attention to the fact that 50 million plus Americans are working two jobs. If the Fed had gotten their way, that number would have been like 100 million of us. Several participants, as I keep reading, remarked that considerable uncertainties remained about the cost and efficiencies of asset purchases. And a couple of participants, what kind of crap is this? A number, several, a couple, tell us what it is. Right, but this is part of their, you know, we don't really know. And, I, and, of course, if you wanted to deceive somebody, this is how you do it. I mean, we're talking about 16 people. Sound like we're talking about 1 million people. Eight people said this. Four people said that. Three people said this. Heck, I'd put their name on it. Tell me what's governors. Who's saying what? How do we even know if they're actually doing a good job, if we don't know who said what. I mean, you think about job security. Hey, it's great. I can say whatever I want. I can be wrong. No one will even know I was the one who said it. The statement itself, and and let me finish with it. A couple of participants suggested that Taking account of the uncertainties and the perceived constraints facing policymakers in the years following the recession, the committee's decision on the amount of policy accommodation to provide through asset purchases has been appropriate. People just said it didn't work. (laughs) Hey, all the things that we thought were going to happen didn't happen, but yet uh, uh, at the end, hey, no, well, a couple of them still said, oh, no, it was fine. Did fine. I mean, so you can see here, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, And again, I don't even know if this actually happened. Because no one actually talked about asset purchases until all of a sudden these minutes came out. So essentially, I love it here, right? You've got the 
the bed is, you know, the porridge is too hot. Then you had others, oh, no, it's too cold. And then you had a couple, oh, this one, it's just right. In the discussion of policy tools, remember, I keep I talk about these tools, right? You know what this means, right? These aren't tools. This is, hey, we we screwed it up. We screwed it up. We don't know how to fix it. And let's create something that they want to believe. Oh, somehow one of these tools is going to fix it. That's wrong. You know what fixes it? Not having debt. That's what fixes it. You know what fixes it? Inflation doesn't exist, right? Stable, sound money fixes this problem. But, of course, they can't say that. Oh, no, no, no. We don't want that. I mean, look at all the bad things that happened. (laughs) We couldn't fund all of these wars, you know, if we had to go mine the gold. You know, stuff like that. But talking about tools, let me tell you, we're the tools. Anybody that believes that this group of private bankers who get to do whatever they want, stay anonymous, not have to divulge what it is that they truly believe, right? And, of course, we get no account of what they've actually done. And yet everybody, I think everyone would agree. Who's the most important group when it comes to your retirement? Who is it? Is it who we put in the office? Right? Is it the president? Is it who we send to Congress? Or is it these guys? That somehow, this is how good of a job they did in 1913 and preventing us from knowing what it is that they've been doing. Right? Because we know these are, these guys are the most important guys. They, they're blowing it here. How do I know? We've got an inverted yield curve. How do I know? Because the Fed's funds rate is between two and two and a quarter, and there's not a single note in the entire country that yields more than 2%, including the 30-year. That's how I know. They noted that the experience acquired by the committee, see, hey, we really didn't know, but now we got experience now, right? With the use of forward guidance in asset purchases has led to an improved understanding how these tools operate. As a result, the, the committee could proceed more confidently and more preemptively and using these tools in the future if economic circumstances warranted. So what does that little statement mean? Quite simply put, hey, 
We really, it really didn't work. But we're we're more confident now that we're ready to do it again. Right? And you think about right, wait a minute, it didn't work. Well, a couple people said it worked. So let's be fair. A couple. I don't know who said it. Right? We're not sure. Was that two? Or was it three? Right? We don't know. Said it worked. The rest of them said it didn't. But we're going to go ahead and do it again anyway. Expectations. Here's another sentence. This next sentence, I don't think they said it. But I can't prove it. I'd like to prove it. But I can't. Expectation for near-term domestic policy easing has occurred against a backdrop of global shift towards more accommodative monetary policy. Meaning QE4, here we come. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. President Ronald Reagan believed that America is unique among nations and is the hope of mankind. He felt we have a duty to protect what we have inherited. His guiding star was always individual liberty, how lucky we are to have it, and that we must preserve and protect it. Before Reagan was elected president, he spent several years giving daily radio commentaries very similar to the ones I give. In one of his radio broadcasts in 1976, Reagan said, Sometimes I think we need to remind ourselves of what it is we're trying to preserve in this country. Reagan then told the story of a dinner at Mount Vernon in Revolutionary Times. The Marquis de Lafayette turned to his host and said, General Washington, you Americans, even in war and desperate times, have a superb spirit. You are happy and you are confident. Why is it? George Washington replied, There is freedom in America. There is space for a man to be alone and think, and there are friends who owe each other nothing but affection. Then Ronald Reagan added his own explanation for America's uniqueness. He said, I love America because people accept me for what I am. They don't question my ancestry, my faith, my political beliefs. When I want to move from one place to another, I don't have to ask permission. I don't have to stand in line for hours to buy a piece of tough meat. I don't have to pay a day's earning for a small chicken. I love America because America trusts me. My mail is not censored, and my conversation with friends is not reported to the secret police. The United States is the first nation on earth deliberately dedicated to letting people choose what they want and giving them a chance to get it. It's the only nation founded on a moral dream. The greatest of all gifts the Americans have given us is hope. Those are the hopeful words of Ronald Reagan from one of his radio broadcasts that he wrote himself on old-fashioned yellow pads of paper. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. If you're busy taking notes, you can stop now because these commentaries in written form and spoken audio are archived on the website phyllisschlafly.com many recorded by Mrs. Schlafly herself. If you're doing research or missed a day, just go to phyllisschlafly.com. 
Thanks for listening and re-listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Uh, you know, just continue to add. Right now, remember, and I, I, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, it's time to increase your allocation of hard assets. Lighten up on your stocks and your bonds and keep, keep adding to your gold holdings. Really a crazy report. There's another new term, and I always hate these new terms. It was mentioned 15 times, and it was ELB. ELB, effective lower bound. Now that's a nice way of saying negative interest rates, right? Effective lower bound. And all of these Fed governors are now echoing what Alan Greenspan said publicly last week. Zero is just a number. Of course it can go negative. Matter of fact, we expect it to go negative. Effective lower bound. You know, when I hear a word like that, effective, Okay, so in order for this to be effective. And then lower and then bound. How low do rates need to go? How negative? You gotta remember, this is in substitution of negative rates. Okay. How low does it need to go for us to be effective? There's no more debate about what's coming next. And like I said, by the time I start talking about it, this was already decided. This was probably decided 10 years ago. And I'm just, you know, getting to it now. But when you read the context of ELB throughout the statement, it leaves you with the impression that what they thought the effective lower bound rate was is now insufficient. So think about quantitative easing. The the well, let me get the. I want to make sure I use the right adjective here. Um, a number of participants. <laughs> Come on think that the reason it didn't work as advertised is we should have bought a whole house. Four trillion wasn't enough. Right? It's like stepbrothers. The dad leaves the 40-year-old son $20 for lunch. Then he's like, Dad, $20 isn't enough. What if I want wings? Right? You know? Same thing. Hey, 
Four trillion wasn't enough, guys. And guess what? At the end, they all agreed, you're right. You know what? We're going to have to start buying more. Right? We're going to have to start buying more, which means what? Rates aren't going to 1%. They're not going to zero. And according to the minutes here, this effective lower bound rate is a lot lower than they previously thought. And I and I just remember what UBS and Credit Suisse they're not charging now, they're charging their big clients to put their money at the bank. Seventy five basis points it's gonna cost. Right? Just to have your deposits in the bank. And I think about, oh, you don't want to own gold. It doesn't pay interest. Listen, they don't want you to own any money. Now, I know they want us to believe that Federal Reserve notes is money. It's not. It's a medium of exchange. But gold is money. Gold's been money for 5,000 years. There hasn't been a currency that's been money for more than a couple of hundred years. And then they go away. They go away. Or they become, what, irrelevant. They go to zero. It's what they do. That's what it's designed to do. This medium of exchange is designed to go to zero. Because it's a, a, it's based upon what debt. So, your Federal Reserve notes—it's not money. It's a medium of exchange. Gold is money. How do I know this? Well, let's see. A twenty-dollar gold piece in eighteen sixty-six bought a cow. Right. Guess what? It bought a cow in 1980. It bought a cow in 1990. It bought a cow in 2000. Buys a cow today. What? Gold's 1500 bucks. Buys a cow. Right? Same $20 gold piece. Same cow. Well, maybe genetically engineered now. I don't know. You know, artificially inseminated cow, but it's a cow. Now you tell me, in 1933, $20 bought a cow. Did $20 buy a cow in 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010, 2020? Of course it didn't. And it doesn't. Right? 20 bucks! You know, 20 bucks! doesn't even buy you well maybe a one filet and not at a restaurant either right doesn't buy you that at a restaurant but you know maybe at the store 
You can buy a filet out. Maybe you can buy a New York strip for like 15 bucks a pound. Right? You can get a steak out of it for $20. You used to get the whole damn thing. Well, you think that's going to stop? If they have their way, that $20 won't even buy you a pound of hamburger. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Today got a uh, forty U.S. ten dollar Indians, so a half of a cow. You're going to save twenty five dollars a piece on these. Uh, normally eight hundred and forty five dollars. I've got forty of them today for eight hundred and twenty. Dollars, of course, the Indian. Uh, I love that series, the Indian series. That was the fractional coins to go with the Saints. Teddy Roosevelt did not think the Liberty coins, which were minted between 1866 and 1907, he didn't think they were majestic enough for the United States, for a country that was really getting ready to become uh, the superpower of the world. So uh, he commissioned Augustus St. Gaudens and Bella Pratt to design the new coins. St. Gaudens, obviously is why the St. Gaudens is named after him. He was the artist. He actually died right as the coins were being minted. Right before, I mean, he had already done the design. They were, they were getting ready to release it, and then he passed, so they named the coin the St. Gaudens uh, after him. And then Bella Pratt, uh, she did the male Indians, and, I, and, I, and, and I'll double-check this in between the breaks, but I think St. Gaudens also did uh, the $10 Indian, which is the Lady Liberty with the Indian headdress on. Uh, they're eight hundred and twenty dollars today at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So uh, we got out of the minutes division on rate cuts. All of a sudden, we learned something new. We knew two opposed the. They didn't want to cut rates at all. But then we learned that several members that were not voting members wanted a 50 basis rate cut. Then quantitative easing, whether it worked or not, they came to the conclusion that if we just buy more of it, it'll work better. And oh, by the way, due to new market conditions, we're going to have to start doing it. So they kind of hinted now QE4 is coming. This morning, I think I know who the two dissenters were now. The main part of the yield curve inverted once again on Thursday, where the two-year note yielded more than the 10-year note, after Kansas City Federal Reserve President Esther George and Philadelphia President Patrick Harker told CNBC they don't see the case for additional rate cuts following the quarter-point reduction in July. 
See, everything's fine. Uh, I guess here's what I uh, here's what I'd have to say to that. Your Fed's funds rates at two percent, two to actually technically two to two and a quarter. It's also ridiculous because they just you know why that is, right? They just didn't want to say zero. So they left it between zero and point two five, and then now they've just kept it ever since. Because they know they're actually going below zero. But between two and two and a quarter, and not a single U.S. Treasury, I don't care, a three-month, two-year, 10-year, 30-year, yields more than the Fed's funds rate. It tells you something's wrong. Right? Tells you something's wrong. Think about it. We were at two and a quarter, and the 10 year note was at 325. Now, that was still too low, but hey, it still was above the Fed's funds rate. Now, I mean, it's 75 base, 50 to 75 basis points below. The rest of the world is either in recession or getting ready to go into recession. That's, listen, it's a global economy, and we know that. We went from 4.2% GDP to 2.1% GDP. Uh, hello? Is anybody home? I don't know what they could possibly be looking at. Look at our debt. right? Look at what we're doing to just have 2%. Obviously, it's got to go lower. Has to. It's not working. We're, we're, we're listen. The real number we're what one point six trillion, give or take, in debt this year. I guess it doesn't matter. Ah, let's not count that. See, we're doing a great job. No, you're not. Could you imagine where our debt or where the GDP would be if we were just at five hundred billion instead of the little number instead of the trillion? Where would we be? Negative what? Negative what? Obviously, this is wrong. But yet, here they are. And, of course, that got the Wall Street upset and and all those things. And here's what they said. Here's their reasoning. Now, they gave reasons. I just gave you reasons why it's wrong. Here's why they say it's right. With this very low unemployment rate, And wages rising with the inflation rate staying close to the Fed target, I think we're in a good place relative to the the mandates we were asked to achieve. Now, I did not know one of their mandates was inflation. This inflation target, right? Now, stable pricing is a mandate. Employment is a mandate. Do people having to work multiple jobs mean that the central bank's doing a good job? And if we just go back and use the formulas they were using in the 80s and the 90s, neither one of those things would be right. I don't know. It's a radio news hour. Final segment coming up.
Final segment, 800-951-0592. Gold's down 6, uh, 1498. Uh, silver's down 10 cents at 1705. The Dow is up. The S&P and NASDAQ are down. Uh, the Dow, Boeing. Uh, you know, it's pretty funny. I don't. They released a little statement saying, hey, as soon as somebody will approve the 737, we're gonna we're gonna build a lot of those planes, and that got people. That doesn't actually mean they're gonna be approved. Eventually, they'll get it fixed. So, uh, but that that uh, Boeing is is leading the now. Boeing's up like five percent today uh, because Boeing said, "Hey, don't worry. You know, eventually one of these days we're gonna build a lot of these planes. Just not today." Uh, but nonetheless, uh, by the way. Esther George is a voting member, so she was one of the dissenters. I thought Harker was the other. He was not. Harker doesn't have a vote. So there's at least one other Federal Reserve governor that doesn't want to cut rates. Uh, Both George and Harker out at uh, Jackson Hole uh, being interviewed on CNBC this morning. Uh, Yield curve inversions, ah, who cares? Uh, by the way, the ISM manufacturing gauge went negative today, first time in over a decade. The service sector, which has been really good, down to 50 and change. It was a, you know, 50, anything below 50 is recession. So not neither one of those numbers were, were good today. Uh, but Esther George, along with Patrick Harker, they don't want to cut rates. They they want to stay here for a while. And at least Esther George says, hey, we've achieved our mandates. Right? Inflation's stable and, and people are working. We shouldn't do anything. Uh, and again, I guess that's, that's a pretty limited way of viewing things. And, and really, I question both numbers. Right? We have six different numbers for inflation. They happen to use the lowest one got about that many numbers for unemployment again they use the lowest one by the way both of them were invented the formulas for tracking these were invented in the 90s right go if you went back to how we tracked unemployment in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Unemployment rate's about 7%. Good. Got work to do. If you tracked inflation, I don't know what it'd be. Probably 8? You know, I'd have to consult John Williams on that. Uh, But somewhere around 8, 8, 9% inflation. So, had they really achieved either one of those things? Probably not. But again, they can fool themselves for a while. It's okay. Gold will always be there. And when you hear the minutes that I laid out, the lower bound, the effective lower bound rate. In other words, how negative can we take interest rates according to our central bank that number's a lot lower than they thought it was. Now, here's what I don't know. What did they think it was to begin with? Negative what? Now what are they thinking? They didn't say that either. But I'm pretty confident before this is all over, 
you're going to be getting charged just to deposit your money uh, before they blow this whole thing up. Keep adding to those portfolios. We'll be back for one more show tomorrow. Everybody take care. Enjoy the day.